Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 93, released on September 26, 2012. My name is Steve Eunice, and welcome to the show, my co-host, Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Hey, hey everyone. What's happening, Steve? How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Um, a little bit disappointed. My, uh, my rugby league team, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who is co-owned by Russell Crowe, a.k.a. Jorel, um, got knocked out of the, uh, well, lost the qualifier to make the grand final, which uh, I was very disappointed. I don't blame you at all. And I'm sure Russell Crowe's very disappointed as well. Yeah, he actually flew into Australia. He was over in America filming on some project and uh, actually flew in for the game. Saw him at the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the field there. He came over to talk to some of the fans and, and just made his presence known. He was actually there with um, uh, Wolverine. No, nice, very nice. Um, Hugh Jackman. Yes, the two of them were there up in the uh, up in the stadium and uh, watching the game. And sadly, the the Rabbitohs lost. But uh, it was a good year, and uh, it's been forty one years since they uh, made a grand final. So I was I was wow. hoping. I was two days old the last time they made it. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, along the same line. Although I'm not that disappointed because I'm kind of used to it by now. <laughs> My uh, Philadelphia Eagles in American football mm-hmm. uh, are uh, are doing horrendously. They should have lost their first two games. They won them, but then were killed by a, a team that they shouldn't have been killed by, but probably should have lost anyway. Uh, but, it, but it looked more like uh, the way it should have looked in the first two games. And actually, they were behind the first two and, and kind of squeaked them both out. But uh, they've been playing that way for years. I'm always on the edge of my seat. I'm always, are they going to pull this out or are they going to throw it away? And most often it seems that they throw it away or they pull them out only to, only to, you know, tear our hearts out at the end of the season, just like with your team when it's time to go into playoffs or do something important. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I'm sure everyone listening doesn't want to hear about our uh, sporting team. So let's get into our discussion topics. And as we usually do, we start off with movies, um, movie news. And we've seen a few uh, interviews with uh, actors that are going to be in Man of Steel, such as Michael Shannon, who uh, was promoting uh, his latest um, movie. And I believe he's in a TV show called The Iceman that's coming up. Um, And he called the Man of Steel mind-blowing. Well, there are certainly worse words that I've heard Superman films described (laughs) as in the past. Yeah, well, uh, he seems pretty... um, excited by it and uh, made the comment that um, when he was playing opposite Henry Cavill, he felt like he was in a scene with Superman, like he just totally forgot that he was with another actor and felt like he was actually playing up against Superman, which I think is a great and one of the best compliments you can get as an actor. Well, it's, I mean, when I when I read that, uh, I think uh, Amy Adams also said something similar. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's great to know that, that not only has, has, has Henry Cavill seemingly become the embodiment of the character he's trying to play but that the people acting alongside him uh are finding it very easy to buy into that as well and then not so much are they acting but they're 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 in the scene they're they're there and they're yeah. and they're really involved and i you obviously you love to hear that kind of thing and uh it all it, it seems like that uh they're all kind of kind of excited about doing it excited about playing these characters and being involved and and, and then the movie being mind-blowing, I think, is exactly what everybody is looking for. So let's hope it's not just actor hype because, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're, they're going to come out and say, wow, this movie was horrible. You know, we hated working on every minute of it. It's going to be horrendous, you know. But uh, hopefully a lot of it is um, 
really uh, heartfelt and genuine. Yeah, and uh, as you said, Amy Adams made similar comments. Uh, she was asked about Shannon's comment about you know uh, Cavill and uh, you know, feeling like you're playing opposite Superman, and she used the word yoked. Never heard that yoked. before. Does that mean yeah, bulked up? I imagine um, I, I I didn't look it up on dictionary dot com, um, but uh, you know yoked. Uh, I, I I you know reading the quote, I assume that it meant that uh, he's he's um, he's kind of yoked into it. He's he's really you know he's found his niche and he's he's kind of he's keyed into where he needs to be, and it makes him extremely believable and extremely uh, hard to take your, you know, she said things like, I couldn't take my eyes off mm. him and, and who would want to, he's, he's, he's quite awesome to look at. And, and, um, uh, and that's what you want. Uh, you know, when you, when you're watching a Superman movie, he should be, um, something that you want to focus on. Yeah. Well, let's looking at urban dictionary, uh, com. It says originally referring to a strong or large trap muscle between the shoulder and neck. Uh, the word originates from the yoke that is placed around the neck of an oxen. <laughs> okay. So I'm guessing it means mu- muscular, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it, you know also hearing her saying that she every time she looked into his eyes she kept giggling because she just got, you know, she felt like a little girl playing opposite him, staring into his blue eyes, and <laughs> I just find that f- funny from such a seasoned actor uh, f- as Amy Adams to uh, you know to hear her uh, make those kind of comments. Well, again, if that's a true statement, uh, just like as before, um, it really speaks to – and I don't believe – you know, uh, I have, I personally haven't seen Henry Cavill in action. I haven't watched any of the things that he's been involved with. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe we've heard a lot in terms of him being this great new up-and-coming actor. He's kind of just there and he's in some things and now he's going to be Superman. And if it's good, I'm sure it will rocket him to stardom at least as Superman and mm-hmm. then we'll see where it goes from there. But – uh, in terms of that, you know, getting that from other actors, you know, they they talk about chemistry. You know, I, I'm an actor myself, and I've I've been involved with uh, casting decisions and directors deciding based on what two people look right together and how they feed off of each other. It sounds almost like, you know, Lois is supposed to be kind of smitten with Superman. Yeah. Lois is supposed to be giddy as a schoolgirl uh, in, in that way where where she's tough, you know, tough as nails. She's kind of a troublemaker as as uh, as Amy Adams said of the uh, Margot Kidder uh, Superman, uh, Lois Lane. Um, but when it comes to Superman, she kind of loses her train of thought. She she doesn't know where she is. She she gets dizzy. She, you know, she, yeah. she seems to become a, a completely different person and kind of fall to mush. So it's kind of neat that Amy Adams is saying she's feeling that. And I wonder if that also uh, comes from her ability to kind of absorb herself into a character. In other words, maybe it's not so much that Amy herself is feeling that, but that she is so within the embodiment of that character that she she, she somehow really feels these feelings uh, in within character. But, but, mm. it, but it, you know, I've heard of a lot of, you know, a little like the Heath Ledger situation, which was completely negative as opposed to this. He was so embroiled in that character and so, so depressed and so negative and so within that world that, that things just obviously ended really badly for him. And he was having trouble containing and controlling his emotions. And I think that a lot of these actors do certain things like with with uh you know the method or mm, whatever their, their train comes from yeah. and they learn so much to tap into such dark emotions in in ledger's case or in this case uh, apparently happy and, and bright and and uh but but 
uh, hard to control emotions nonetheless. Mm. Yeah, and she made comments that someone asked her, and it was bound to happen about her hair color. And she said, "Look, you know, Zack Snyder wanted me to create a new role, you know, as Lois Lane, and it was about me playing the part. And um, you know, it's it's I guess it's more than the physicality, more than the look of what you know uh, um, people expect to be Lois Lane. And it's only really in more modern times that we've seen a dark-haired Lois, um, you know, being." Um, what we saw in, in uh, Superman the movie. and um, But, you know, in early Smallville, she had lighter hair. Uh, Noel Neal had red hair, and we've spoken about this before. So I guess it, it's it's great that they're just looking at the, the character and how she's played rather than how she appears. Well, I think we had a, sort of a similar conversation with the uh, the whole Lawrence Fishburne, Perry White. Yeah. Um, that's a little more of a drastic change, sure. um, as his entire um, history now would be altered, although the argument was made that we really don't know that much about Perry's history anyway, mm-hmm. so what, what difference does it really make? He's kind of a peripheral character. Um, but I would argue that had they said, okay, Lois is going to be Asian-American now, or Lois is going to be um, uh, African-American now, just like uh, Perry White is, um, I, I think that there would be more of a uh, more of an uproar about something like that, even though we certainly have heard people complaining about the hair color. Uh, women change their hair color regularly. It's not that big a deal. Yep. And we have seen a redheaded Lois Lane before. So it's, it's you know, I, and... and I've said from the beginning, Amy Adams is so cute and just so beautiful and such a great actress that uh, I'm not really concerned about what color her hair is. Yeah, well, she's been getting uh, obviously she's you know an Oscar nominee and for previous films, but I'm hearing great things about her upcoming film with Clint Eastwood uh, called uh, Trouble with the Curve. Um, so you know, it'd be interesting to see her in more serious roles. Obviously, more recently we've seen her in The Muppets, and um, you know she's been known for those kind of com- comedic. Uh, family, uh, family-friendly roles. It'll be interesting to see her in more serious roles. I mean, she was in the Fighter, which was great as well. Yeah, I mean, she's got she's a multifaceted performer. Yeah, um, I love I loved her in Enchanted. I think that might have been the first time I really took notice mm-hmm. of her. You know, she can sing. She was singing uh, the songs in it. You know, it's kind of a music live action Disney musical type yeah. of thing. And I thought, you know, seeing the previews, that it looked incredibly silly and it wouldn't be very good at all. But it was really fantastic. I would recommend it to anybody. <laughs> and she's part of the reason. But but the story is great, and it's it's really. It's a lot like a traditional Disney uh, princess tale or, yep. or something along those lines, but it's you know kind of set in what if the cartoons came over to the real world yeah. and, and you know didn't understand where they were, and she's just great in it, and uh, you know she's enchanting, which is a great title for it based mm-hmm. on that alone, and uh, and of course as you say the fighter, you know she's we've seen her in the, that kind of a dramatic uh, light, so uh, I've heard. I mean, I read some things about the new Clint Eastwood movie, and I was kind of interested. But then he talked to a chair on stage, and that <laughs> seemed odd. And then also, uh, I, I, I've read some reviews now, and and they seem to be negative. So oh, I'm not okay. sure how it's going to be, but you know, we'll see where that goes. I guess. Yep. Now, probably the biggest news in the last month, or towards the end of the month, really, was um, spoilers that seem to. Be leaked uh, now. You know, obviously, people who are listening to this who don't want to be spoilt may want to skip forward. But um, Lego, uh, as they do with any mo- major motion picture, have play sets that are you know they're preparing to release. Um, and there was some news about a couple of play sets that will be Superman related uh, that seem to be connected with the Man of Steel movie. 
and obviously we've got you know the Battle for Smallville or the Battle of Metropolis or whatever those ones which don't really say much, but there was one that mentioned Black Zero. Black Zero. Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows if they're if they're connected to the movie or not? You know, uh, I mean, it sounds like uh, for sure the first two. Um, but uh, I, I would lean toward the first explanation that it's it's more than likely uh, the name of a squad or something um, mm-hmm. that that Zod's involved with, and and uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, Black Zero has been seen in past Superman comic books as a uh, the name has appeared. The original Black Zero appeared back in 1968 in Superman number 205 as a supervillain who was responsible for the destruction of Krypton. Um, but then we've seen Black Zero as an organization, a terrorist group, uh, a Black Zero unit, um, and there's diff- been different variations of both a villain and as a group. Um, people are pointing to the Comic-Con footage where we see Superman you know, leaping into uh, battle with a giant person, character, creature that looks to be about eight foot tall. Um, and obviously we've seen the mocap guy with that tennis ball on his head in a stick uh, which seems to indicate a larger character. Uh, Whether or not that's Black Zero, some people are saying that that's a possibility. Uh, Other people uh, are saying, you know, as you said, it could be just a squad that uh, General Zod is the leader of and it could be a Black Zero terrorist group that, you know, Zod is uh, head of. Uh, Well, hmm, you you bring up an interesting point and maybe I haven't read what you've been reading from people, but uh, uh, you know the Comic Con footage is, it was very grainy. We we still haven't really seen a, c- a clear enough shot for mm-hmm. me to know who it is he's fighting with. It looks to me like they're tumbling through the air near a building, possibly yeah. in Metropolis, and maybe even on fire or, or something like that is going on. Um, but I didn't I didn't take notice that that this thing was eight feet tall. I, it looked to me. I, I mean, I just assumed that he was battling Zod when I saw the footage, but. You may be right on that, and 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 if lots of other people seem to be on that as well, then then maybe I just and I watched it several times, but uh, it goes by so fast and it's yeah, so, it does so grainy that I'm just not sure what I'm looking at. But uh, we, as you say, we have seen the mocap suit, uh, and there seems to be something going on there. Uh, so who knows? Yeah, exactly. It's it's great to speculate, uh, but we do not know. Uh, but uh, you know, this Lego uh, playset seems to uh, it's called Superman Black Zero Escape. Black Zero could be. Another name for the Phantom Zone, for all we know. Well, yeah, you know, or you know, I mean, is it possible that 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 Lego could be in on the whole Blue Harvest type of thing, where where they 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 call things certain things until we find out that there's something else? Um, like we talked about last month, we mentioned the IMDb uh, listing that uh, that um, a character that that might have been someone that we all have heard of before was being played by someone, you know, but they're kind of keeping it on the hush hush or, or, or it hasn't really been announced, but it's there on the page. You know, this, yeah. this could be one of those kinds of things that, uh, you know, we'll obviously find more about as we go on, but, uh, you know, black zero kind of sounds like a sort of a code name or, or something along those lines, but I'm sure <laughs> it means something. I'm sure it does. We'll uh, just have to wait and see. Other than that, there hasn't really been too much else um, in and around the Man of Steel movie. We're still speculating that a full-on theatrical trailer will be released with the first Hobbit movie, uh, possibly in December. And, you know, there's talk about hopefully seeing some more uh, official images, some photos um, to go along with the Bank Vault one uh, before that. But uh, 
it's all just speculation at this point in time. So we just uh, wait and hope. Yes, we do. And in the meantime, I know that I personally am going to be satisfied in just a few days from now when uh, the Young Justice Season 2 continues and we finally see Episode 8, which happens to be entitled Satisfaction, on the 29th. Yeah, um, the whole DC Nation returns with a new season on uh, the Cartoon Network as of Saturday, September 29th, uh, with, uh, I believe, uh, you know, new episodes right throughout the American Fall which is uh, great news um, to get another run of, of new episodes. This will be, as you said, uh, the eighth episode of the second season, which is the second season is entitled Young Justice Invasion. And um, all we know about Satisfaction is that um, it's about Roy Harper, who is uh, seeking revenge or vengeance against the man who ruined his life. So it doesn't really give you too much uh, detail there, but um, it will air at uh, 10.30 on um, Saturday, September 29th on Cartoon Network. I don't know about you, but I personally love it when my altruistic good guy heroes seek vengeance on people. <laughs> <laughs> but I am looking forward to seeing it. And, and as we've seen, I mean, Roy is kind of a messed up guy. So yeah. it's not really particularly out of character on this particular version uh, that, that, that he would be. And he's also, I guess he's had troubles with... Um, uh, you know, struggling mental uh, disorder uh, because of this whole thing. So mm. he's, you know, he's he's got all kinds of issues going on, and and I like, as I've said before, I really like the 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 character depth and the 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 distance they're willing to go and and kind of uh, the darknesses that they're willing to explore in an animated show that's on 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 Saturday mornings on kind of a. Uh, I guess something that's supposed to be considered kind of a kids network or a kids block or, um, you know, it's very, uh, it's intriguing to me and it's, it's, um, it's heartening to know that, that people are kind of taking it seriously. And, and, you know, when I look at it and and obviously the justice league cartoon was very big and, and somewhat successful and, you know, it turned into justice league unlimited, but it was never, and I always thought it was great, but it was never uh, this deep and this character-driven. It was yeah. kind of a lot more uh, action-driven, and and occasionally you'd have something going on uh, story-wise. But but uh, I just love what they're doing, and it it, it also uh, it it seems to kind of fit in with the whole animated movies that they release. You know, they're much more uh, adult oriented or at least much more able to be enjoyed by adults at the same time as as kids who will enjoy the battle parts but but uh you know a storyline like this Roy Harper one just you know points out uh, more to me how how more mature it is and and how great it it really just it's great yeah it is it is it's great to see the depth they're going with these characters and the character studies on each uh you know on each individual uh, they seem to spend so much more time on than uh, previous cartoon series. Uh, it's great news for Young Justice fans. Set your calendars September 29th, 10.30 a.m. Now, uh, the only other real... Oh, the other thing that was on TV this week was... Or not this week, this month, was the Robot Chicken DC Comics special. Now, it didn't air here in Australia as yet, uh, but I know that you've seen it. Uh, what did you make of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, like all uh, robot chicken um, skits, uh, it was kind of lowbrow, yeah. um, but that's what they do, and I like it. I watch it. Uh, I watch even when it's not a DC comic special. I like the goofy kind of parodies that they do, the, the silly. I mean, it's obviously it's dolls, you know, in different poses. They mm-hmm. got a robot that apparently is trying to hump every 
every single thing that's kind of a machine that could be another robot. Um, so, you know, and it, it kind of, they go to that every once in a while in between a skit just for no reason, just show this robot doing what he's doing. And, uh, but, but it is funny. And, uh, the, the whole DC thing I was really looking forward to, uh, obviously, uh, being the, the, the people that we are and, 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 uh, enjoying what we enjoy. This would, this was kind of a big, uh, it's a little like the star Wars ones. They've done a few yeah. that are all star Wars. Um, so you, you look forward to that kind of thing. And, and, uh, one thing that, that, even though it was funny because the whole the whole thing with the kiss in the in the Superman movie where he kisses Lois to make her forget has kind of always been one of the sticking points for me along with the whole turning back time thing mm-hmm. um, uh, because it's never been anything he's ever been able to do. It was just kind of out of left field. There was no explanation for it. He suddenly kissed her and she forgot everything. So does that mean that if they got into a real serious relationship and they actually kissed that she would forget that she was there or forget that she had kissed him or forget that, you know, every single time, or does he have to think about that? Or is that like a, you know, uh, what is it? Does it have to be a kiss or can he just look at her and like do it mind wise, you know? Um, but you know, people complain to me oftentimes about how, uh, Superman is uninteresting because he's way too powerful or, or Superman can just do anything or how hard was it to create a character like Superman? Did they just wake up one day and go, let's create a guy who can do anything that anybody would ever want to do and no one can beat him. Great. You know, not particularly imaginative is, is yeah. the complaint that I often get. So when you, when you turn around and in, in Superman four or three or whatever the hell it was, and he, you decide to give him the ability to look at a doorbell and make it ring or look at the great wall of China and make it build itself or kiss Lois and make her forget that he was Superman. Uh, selectively, somehow, only those moments of the last few hours was she able to forget. Uh, it, it 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 makes their argument more valid in that if he can just do anything he wants at any time, you know, why wouldn't he just turn the world back every single time there's a problem? Why mm. wouldn't he just kiss everybody? You know, anytime he wants them to forget anything, which is. Uh, leading me into this whole long diatribe, what they did on Robot Chicken, which was kind of a goof on that whole idea. He starts going around kissing everyone that uh, knows something they shouldn't know or that gets upset about something they shouldn't be upset about, and uh, and they're all and they all forget. So um, rather than just use that power one time, he decides, oh, well, you know, I can do it. I might as well do it. So he's kissing guys. He's kissing girls. He's kissing anything that he can get his hands on that he thinks he needs to make uh, forget to something. reset. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was uh, silly, uh, but also um, at the same time re-aggravates the, the, um, the, argument. the uh, disdain that I had for it in the first place even though this is done in a funny way. And yeah. uh, I think we've all heard about how they uh, they kind of trash Aquaman, which really isn't anything new. Yeah. Com- comedians and people have been doing that for years and years. Aquaman's a joke, blah, blah, blah. Um, most people aren't really aware of what Aquaman really is. They kind of know him from the Super Friends cartoon yep. where he was kind of goofy looking and, and did some goofy things and uh, talked to fish, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> the thinking. joke. But the, uh, my favorite uh, part, uh, of the whole show didn't even involve Superman. It was uh, Wildcat. Um, at the end, at the end of the, I don't know what you want me to tell you, but uh, <laughs> at the end, there's this big battle, and all the supervillains are there, and everybody's fighting everyone, and and uh, 
and they go over to this shot of Wildcat standing in front of Darkseid, and he goes, uh, was I supposed to be fighting Darkseid? Because uh, I'm a guy in a cat suit. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, it just made cool. me laugh. That was the one that got me the most. But it's very good. Again, not not particularly highbrow entertainment, but um, I like it. And cool. So, you know. Fun. Sounds like a fun time. So, uh, yeah, Robot Chicken DC Comics Special. Uh, whether they do any more, whether they we see more of that on the Adult Swim uh, block will be interesting to see because I think there's a lot of material uh, that they could uh, continue with. But um, I'll keep an eye out for if they ever do screen it here in Australia. The only other TV news we've got is that um, another lawsuit. Uh, the uh, creators of Smallville, uh, as we know, have uh, filed for damages against Warner Brothers saying that they, you know, gave special um, dispensation to, you know, DC Comics, who they're supposed to own, but, you know, that that they were therefore, um, you know, cut out of some of the profits that they should have been, should have received because Warner Brothers gave profits to DC Comics or um, gave them a cheaper you know, deal because of the fact that they own they own them, and anyway, it's all gone to trial now, and it'll be decided by a um, by a jury. So um, we wait and see what happens with that Smallville lawsuit. Um, well, I don't want to speak stuff. out of out of school, but it wouldn't be the first time that uh, DC Comics and or Warner Brothers has cheated somebody out of money, would it? Uh, yeah, I couldn't say really. I yeah, me either. I'm just guessing, yeah, <laughs> speculation, really. But anyway, bears bears watching that uh, that trial, so we'll keep you uh, informed as to when things uh, heat up there. Well, right, on the other side of the same coin, I yeah. would say that um, whatever your agreement was, you had whatever success you had because you were allowed access to the Warner Brothers, therefore DC Comics uh, library of characters and storylines. So, I mean, how far can you really go? <laughs> either way, I, I could see an argument on either side. I mean, yeah. Uh, you had a show and you had success and you made money at all because DC and or Warner Brothers was 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 willing to let you alter their character. And we've talked about Smallville many, many times. Alter they did and they were allowed to do it. So basically they created their own original show where they did whatever they wanted with a character that didn't really belong to them, changed him you know, irrevocably. Uh, you know, and and got paid for it, and DC was cool with them doing it, and now they're trying to sue them for for a, a character they didn't even own in the first place, but made a lot of profits from. So uh, yeah, well, obviously, I, the more yeah. profits you make, the more you want. So maybe there's a a greed issue there, but uh, yeah, I, I see well, I see the point you're making. So we'll, we'll see, wait and see what happens. Uh, but let's get into our comic book discussions. Um, it's let's. been it's been a zero month. Issue uh, with uh, oh no comics then okay it's gonna be a short show <laughs> zero numbered issues I should say but oh. before that was uh, Superman Annual number one um, mm. we saw the uh, return of Hellspont who uh, we find out a bit a backstory about him his actual name was Prince Artis and he's a demonite or daemonite however you want to pronounce it from obviously a planet called Dame I don't know how yes you, yeah and I am. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and he comes back to Earth and pretty much there's another fight between him and Superman. And But he seems to be recruiting all these other heroes and villains, um, you know, based on uh, just going around selectively 
having his minions invite them to join Hellspont's army. Yes, but they don't have a choice, though. No. They're not really being invited, although I guess he's just trying to sound like a nice guy. You know, some people <laughs> just got to have everybody like them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, was, uh, it was an interesting issue, and um, there was... Uh, it, it was kind of a... Uh, the part I liked was seeing Clark enjoying just being an everyday average guy, you know, catching the subway and enjoying, you know, being able to just blend in and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, be normal and, you know, not have to always fly around everywhere. And, uh, it kind of was a bit of a character moment there. Yeah. I, I like seeing, you know, as, as I was reading it, I kind of felt very similar to what you're saying there. I like reading and I felt like over the last few years, you know, before the reboot, uh, a lot of times it seemed to me like Clark Kent really didn't exist. He was kind of a lost character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that uh, he had this other place he could go to, this other person he could be that he grew up as, kind of, you know, with the whole grounded thing being a year long and him being up on Krypton, new Krypton for a year. And just for a long time, there was no real development. Or, or just enjoyment, as you say, of, of just being Clark Kent mm-hmm. or seeing Clark, you know, be Clark. And, and you know, the, the, the argument can be made that he's always Clark, even when he's in his Superman outfit, and that's true. Uh, but it's also nice to just see him be, as he uses the word, normal, and just yeah. kind of not be flying and just, you know, be among everybody else and, and live, as opposed to always be fighting the never-ending battle, which we know he'll always do, but uh, it's nice to, you know kind of have a break and, yeah. and just, you know, not that it lasted long in this particular uh, <laughs> not episode. At all. You know what I found weird about it is, um, and I don't know if it's, it's, if it's, if it's the idea that these points aren't hitting home when they hit them earlier, but Hellspont didn't really stick in my mind. I mean, I remember reading about it, but I don't really remember. I remember him going to a cave and being brought to his knees and then, but I don't remember how it ended. I don't remember the, the outcome at all, and 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 I thought, okay, he was must have been defeated, but apparently he must have just escaped again or left, or and now he's back, and it's kind of like, I'm going to come and bother you for a while, and then I'm going to leave. I'm not actually going to do anything that that means anything, uh, but I'm apparently putting some blocks into place, and eventually we're going to have something that resembles a puzzle that you can figure out. But for now, I'm just going to come in, punch you around a little bit, laugh at you, and then take off. And that's just going to be fun for a while, I guess, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't really sure what was going on there. But uh, I really liked the artwork. Um, and from what I was reading, it was a lot of different people. Uh, Pascal Alix, uh, uh, Rudy, uh, T- Tom Rainey, Elizabeth Torque, and uh, Mike Sunyan, and then Blonde did the color. These are all names I haven't heard before. No. Uh, but I thought that they did a pretty good job of kind of making it look cohesive through the whole thing. A lot of times when you have a giant group of artists that work on different pages and things, you can see a real difference between what the characters look like from one page to the next. And I didn't really feel taken out of the story by that at any point. Yeah, point. I did notice one thing that does get me, and you know, I've been I've been told. Um, uh, I think on one of our shows I talked about Supergirl's nose in the, in the <laughs> first episode. <laughs> Uh, changing from panel to panel and i was kind of told that i you know i should just not notice that kind of thing and and you know it's a nose or whatever just read the story for some reason certain things take me out and i remember that in the new dcu uh superman has a black ass on the back of his cape so anytime i see him flying from behind i expect to see that 
And when it's not there, it kind of throws me off. I go, okay, well, maybe he has different uniforms that don't have it on there. But then in the final panel, there it was, bold as ever, mm. big black Back, black S on the back of the cape. So I don't know if they just forgot it or if it if they thought it wasn't viewable from the angles that they gave us. But it was something that I noticed as not being there. And you know, you hate to do that. You know, yeah, well, I was looking for it and I was wondering. Yeah. And I looked. I actually, you know, when you stop in the middle of the story and then turn back several pages to see if it was there, that's certainly something that's taking you out of the story. So mm-hmm. you know. Same yeah, thing is with Supergirl's nose. You know, I go, well, that didn't, <laughs> you know, so I turn back and I go, oh, that wasn't her nose before. But, um, you know, I, I also don't, I wasn't, I did like the art for the most part, but I wasn't a big fan of the uh, several times, I don't know if you noticed, they did a shot where, even though through most of the story, Superman had his normal Bouffant hairdo, there were some shots where his hair was like Tom Welling's on Smallville, where it was flat on the top of his head and kind of the, the bangs came down to his eyebrows yeah it it looked really odd yeah they some some people have trouble with uh with superman's hair um you know it's uh it's it's done differently depending on who the artist is and and yeah as you said different artists sometimes can um have different styles and sometimes they can take you out of the story but uh it seemed to blend pretty well uh in the annual uh but the cape definitely is just his kryptonian cape he doesn't have a spares as far as i understand the cape was uh, was what came with him, and um, and that's what he's used since he's had these the jeans and boots look. Yeah, that's what I thought, you know. But I just try to come up with some sort of an explanation, Rationale. but yeah. then it's thrown out the window anyway because the <laughs> thing is there in the final panel. So, all right. Well, then moving on to Justice League number twelve, and obviously this was a very big uh, promoted issue as far as DC Comics was concerned um we i think we spoke about this last podcast with the kiss yeah i think we well we talked about it a little because it was released that it was going to happen we we saw artwork you know we hadn't read the story yep. yet yep uh but we knew it was coming and you know the whole world was in uproar how dare they do such a thing well now we've seen justice league number 12 and justice league zero in the space of time since our last podcast because of just the the different types of release weeks and the dates i think super Justice League number 12 was pushed back uh, in the previous month, which is why we didn't actually get to discuss it. But in this one, we see the, you know, the heroes defeated uh, by Graves. Or, well, first, we see that he seems to be defeating them with this, these spirits and, uh, you know, of, their, of their loved ones and who have passed on. And, um, and Wonder Woman is being um, approached by the spirit of Steve Trevor, but there's only one problem. Trevor's not dead, and he actually makes his way there dun, and dun, dun. breaks the spell, and everybody they defeat Graves, and uh, you know he's is um, reduced back to his normal sick shell of a man, and then the Justice League decides, well, what are we going to do? You know, we could never let this happen again. And Green Lantern says, well, I'm quitting. I think I should be the scapegoat for it. Only makes sense. You know, you know I was the one who was fighting everybody and was on, on TV and got broadcast. And then Wonder Woman goes off to to see Steve Trevor in the hospital and he tells her to get out, you know, I don't pretty much don't want to see you anymore. She goes and sits and sulks on the roof of a building. Superman comes over, consoles her, and they share a kiss. Oh, so romantic, but not. <laughs> and here's my reasoning. Um, 
It seems to me that much like the TV show Smallville, and I'm sorry to harken back to this again, but uh, that Lana Lang was Clark's true love. Lana Lang was the one he pined after. Lana was the one he wanted. And then when he couldn't have her, he kind of fell in with Lois. Now suddenly Lois is his true love. Lois is the one he was always meant to be with. But that kind of changed on a on a snap of a you know of a finger you know uh, he we saw how deeply invested in lana he was and then suddenly when lana wasn't available or when lana told him no enough times he went with lois that sort of seems to be what's going on here where we know or at least we assume that this isn't going to be a long lasting relationship anyway because you know lois is superman's true love but when you see one page before uh, well, I guess I guess the Green Lantern part was before, but when she's with Steve Trevor, and she's clearly hurt by that, and she doesn't want to do what she's doing, but she's breaking it off with him a second time because she wants to protect him, just sort of like what Clark did on Smallville a couple of times with Lana. It seems to me that she wants to be with Steve. Steve wants to be with her, and she's kind of just not. I wouldn't even call it on the rebound, but. She's down. She feels alone. She's, uh, you know, emotionally distraught, and she kisses Superman. It's not. I haven't seen any kind of development there. I haven't seen anything that made me think that these two characters had a thing for each other, unless I missed something. It only comes out of this, which is possible. You know, like in Speed, they say, you know, they say that relationships that are started under extreme stressful situations never last. You know, and then they kiss, and the bus is scraping down the highway, whatever. Um, that seems to be what happened here, and we assume that the relationship's not going to last anyway, but it doesn't seem genuine. It seems more like they just wanted them to do this, and because Wonder Woman is kind of distraught and, and you know, in a weakened state right now, she succumbs to kissing Superman, who, you know, who wouldn't want to kiss Wonder Woman, so he does it, you know, <laughs> and there you go. Yeah, I think they, I think, I mean... People look back at panels, you know, during the original time when Wonder Woman appeared fighting Darkseid, you know, with the Justice League, and there were some some looks that people could say, oh, you know, that's where you can see that there was an attraction there, but, you know, it could have just been showing off. It could have just been, you know, uh, whatever it was. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that there was a build-up at all, as you're saying. But, um, yeah, I guess that what they see in each other is that they're very similar, and which that's what the dialogue on these panels uh, is all about, is the fact that, you know, they feel alone, they feel, you know, they feel that they're, uh, you know, peas in a pod, really, two peas in a pod, that they're very similar in their situations, and, you know, there aren't too many people that they can relate to um, of a similar power level and uh, similar situations, and he confides in her about his secret identity, and... Um, you know, and it obviously was a, a moment of uh, of shared emotions, but um, with it, where it goes from here, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they how they progress. Well, I don't disagree with you, I mean, and, and I didn't disagree with the pairing. You know, I could certainly see these two characters um, falling into a relationship with each other, uh, just uh, just based on kind of a, uh, a rebound type of situation. Here is is where it seems. A little less romantic sure. and a little more. Well, we're both kind of annoyed and lonely, so let's just kiss each other, kind of thing. <laughs> and I also like the the you know we, I talk about art a lot. Uh, I love the art in this book. I love Jim Lee art. A lot of people 
complain about Jim Lee. You know, I've heard hack. I mean, I don't know where that comes from. You know, I think that the artwork is great, and I think he draws a fantastic Superman, and of course Batman, and you know the other characters look look great. And Wonder Woman, I mean, I haven't seen her look this good, I don't think, in a long time. Um, so he's doing a great job, and the the shot where uh, Superman breaks out of the spiritual crystal or whatever it is that he's in just looks fantastic. I mean, it looks yeah. like it's it harkens back to some of those shots of him breaking chains you know and everybody mm-hmm. kind of says all right enough with the chains breaking we've seen that for years and years and years so this is kind of like that but not and it looks really good yeah very iconic so that was uh justice league number 12 uh justice league number zero uh did you happen to read that one at all i did not okay yeah it's justice... not available it doesn't seem to be available um digitally yet Okay, well, uh, Justice League number zero is really not a Justice League book. It's a Shazam book. It's the introduction of. It's a continuation of the Billy Batson story. Um, I did. It is available. I'm yes. sorry, I didn't get it because I didn't care. Yeah, it. it well, it's there is nothing really to discuss as far as Superman is concerned because it's all about. It's really a Shazam number zero. It's all about you know uh, setting up how Billy Batson actually becomes. Um, well, he's not called Captain Marvel anymore. He's called Shazam, and um, there, you know, it's a continuation of those small, those backup stories that we've seen throughout the Justice League books. So, really, there isn't much to discuss as far as Superman's concerned. Yeah, I kind of thought it was odd. Um, they odd do choice. that sometimes. They, they, you know, um, on Justice League Twelve, they they kind of did a similar thing with one of the alternate covers. They had Aquaman, you know, appearing to trounce Superman and Batman. They were unconscious and he was holding them by their capes. And it really, nothing like that even occurred in the story. But for some reason they wanted to have that, it just didn't make sense. And in this case, they're calling it Justice League, but it's a Shazam story. Yeah, and it's it's almost it's misleading almost to get money from people, I guess. I mean, Unless I don't know. he's going to become a part of the Justice League, or there's going to be an upcoming story where they confront each other or something. Maybe. Well, it looks so. like there. You know, I was going to mention that later. Um, they uh, in I think it's in uh, the Smallville books. They give you uh, solicits, or maybe it's in. Uh, well, they give you solicits for for next year's JLA or whatever, where they 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 actually have a book, I guess, coming out called Justice League of America, as opposed to Justice League. Yep. So I'm 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 wondering, will the league. regular Justice League with this cast continue, and then this Justice League of America will be a separate book yep. with Martian Manhunter at its lead? And and you know, in that they show that there's a point where Shazam and Wonder Woman and Superman and other people kind of fight with each other. Okay. So. It looks like that might be building up to that. Uh, I don't. I guess you don't see those solicits in book form, but in the digital, they have a couple of pages at the end of the book where yeah. they show you kind of like a scene of what's to come yep. in the, the the new book. So yeah. uh, I guess that is going to happen. So I guess there is some validity to having a Justice League Zero, where it's just a Shazam story. Hmm. But it seemed an odd choice. But anyway, moving on to the other Zero issues, Action Comics Zero. Uh, we see uh, really the main story is about Superman getting knocked out uh, in a fight, and this kid comes and finds and takes his cape uh, uh, and uh, has uses it to uh, better his situation. He's an abused kid. He's being belted up by we don't know if it's his father, his stepfather, his guardian, uh, but he's a nasty piece of work, and it's a pretty 
um, there, there isn't much depth to these characters in in this story because they're pretty cookie cutter type um, characterizations, and you don't really invest too much interest in in their actual situation too much. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard I've heard people talk about it um, as they liked it, and I've heard people talk about it as they haven't. You know, a lot of people have said, you know, the big one of the biggest things I hear is Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison, I hate him or I love him or whatever. <laughs> And and I think that people are oftentimes just blinded by their apparent distaste for a writer or a creator or what they think somebody thinks about Superman mm. versus what versus the product that they might actually be putting out. Mm-hmm. And and to a certain extent, as different as it is, it's it was definitely a very interesting take. You know, Grant Morrison's time. Uh, on the action title and and what they went for and how they changed it up a little bit and but all through it, even though people complain, this guy isn't Superman. This guy doesn't have the uh, ethics of Superman, the morals of Superman. I personally can see that he's the same guy. Yeah. Uh, he just looks a little different and he's a little bit rougher around the edges, but he he certainly has the morality. He certainly is looking out for the little guy, and at the same time, he's fighting major battles with big bad guys so mm-hmm. uh it really hasn't i haven't disliked it uh, you know i could again we talked about change we talk about people being un- uncomfortable with change and i think that that's one of the biggest things that the, the biggest reasons people have a problem with this particular take and with morrison in that he always says things like well this guy's not interesting so i'm gonna make him interesting or you know nobody likes this guy so i'm gonna try and make him likable and it doesn't come off well to fans who do like the guy yeah. and you're saying, well, I'm going to do things that are going to make him so different that people are going to like him. When in fact, he really isn't all that different. He just kind of looks different and he had a little bit different start to his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this book's a little – this particular book is, is is heartwarming. It's touching. It's nice. It's got a, it's got an emotional heft to it even though it doesn't have a depth to character. Yeah. And I, I also like the artwork here. I, it was a very um, – it was almost watercolor-ish yeah. if, that's, if that's a word. I mean, yeah, I now I know what you're aiming at. All right. So uh, now Superboy Zero and Supergirl Zero you haven't read. But um, just in brief, um, in Superboy number zero, Harvest uh, it looks back over Superboy's origin. It's more of a catch-up type of book, letting you know, having a look, casting an eye over what has already occurred. But we also get a bit of a backstory about Krypton's cloning history, and we get to see you know what happened there, why um, you know Supergirl called him Connell, you know, or Con, as far as being you know a, a, a abomination and. Uh, we get some history about how cloning progressed on Krypton and then why it was banned and how the clones rebelled and, you know, pretty much uh, created a civil war on Krypton that devastated, you know, the country, sorry, the, 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 the planet and uh, killed tens of thousands of people and uh, led towards Krypton's destruction. So, uh, yeah, an interesting backstory about the cloning process on Krypton and what happened there and... And uh, it was a nice recap of uh, Superboy's origin, told in a way that actually made it sound interesting, and left out that whole, um, you know, issue of uh, of the culling that really brought down the book. I thought. Well, it sounds interesting. I mean, I like the idea that they're kind of giving us another different take on how Krypton met its demise. Um, it's interesting that, and of course, if you were Supergirl, had that been the case you would kind of look upon a character uh, 
like Superboy in that way, mm-hmm. you know, because, Definitely. you know, I mean, he, he brought about the death of your parents, the, the death of your entire planet, the death of millions of other people. So uh, that's an interesting way to look at it. I'm, I'm not sure I like the new, I guess, origin story of the destruction of Krypton, um, but it is an interesting um, kind of wrench to throw in the works. I mean, with the uh, Superman animated show, um, we learned that Brainiac was the cause of, of, of Krypton's destruction, which never was the case before. And uh, so now, you know, here we – and I loved it. I yeah. thought it was awesome. I love the fact that they connected Brainiac with uh, Superman from such an early point and uh, they made him m- much more menacing, I thought, than just some, some green guy from another planet. But uh, – and in here, it's kind of – it deepens. You know, it's almost – it's it's like that cliche, you know, the plot thickens and it's, it's, <laughs> it kind of does. You know? It does. Um, and it, it so does in Supergirl as well, because in Supergirl number zero, we have the story of how Zorel sent Kara to Earth. And um, strangely enough, Superboy makes a cameo appearance on Krypton. And there's a bit of a mystery whether or how that happened. Was it, was it, was it actually a person? Was, it, was he a hologram? Was he a message? Um, because he appears in front of Allura, uh, Kara's mother. Um, but yeah, Zorel is uh, keeping all these secrets about. His his plans and he's uh, he's obviously understands that Krypton's about to be uh, destroyed or about to blow up and um, he's hiding it from Allura. He's hiding it from Kara that he has plans to send Kara away to save her. Um, he's built a um, a dome, protective dome, around um, the city and he hasn't really let on to the Kryptonian council or the councillors of the city. That's what he's done. He's let it. He's, they think that it's their power stations, and um, he's just got all this stuff going on secretly. And he doesn't talk to. He has a bit of a strange relationship with Jarrell. They haven't spoken in a while. His relationship with his wife seems to be strained. She even, spoiler, spoiler, she shoots Zarell at the end. Oh no! So, which kind of connects a little bit with. Um, well, actually, no, it doesn't. He was shot in uh, the new Krypton saga that's now not in continuity, but it wasn't by his wife. But Or was it? I can't remember. No, I... Uh, no, no, I he was shot by one of the uh, the human, yeah. one of the Earth villains. But anyway, um, there's... Metallo, uh, I believe. <laughs> I believe it was the new Metallo, yeah. the Jeff Johns... Uh, that's right. Metallo. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's all about, the you know, how before Kara came to Earth, and about Zorel and Allura and and Jorel and we even see Baby Kalel and uh, it's all it's all quite interesting and um, will be uh, I think Supergirl fans will will have enjoyed it. I haven't seen uh, much reaction on the internet as yet uh, in regards to our review, but uh, I, I thought it was a pretty good story. Well, it's strange, you know, and as you say, it connects with the Superboy number zero in that uh, we're finding out a little more about Krypton's destruction and yeah. how it went down. You know, on one hand, I, I, I like the idea of, 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 of the plot thickening. I like the idea of seeing a new way or seeing it from a different angle. But on the other hand, it's it seems like it's really going to change that whole dynamic of Jor-El um, uh, being against the council and Jor-El doing things that they uh, expressly forbid him to do and, and kind of building the ship in secret and, and sending his, his child off even though he was told not to and you know, the idea that he knows it's going to end, but no one believes him. They all kind of laugh at him and scoff at him. Whereas in this new continuity, if if in fact it is this war that has brought it about, 
then it seems like it'll be more of a surprise and not brought about by the sun burning out or, or by tremors deep in the surface. Well, there's definitely or... still tremors. And I think the, what the cloning war did was it, uh, they destroyed some of these weather stations that destabilized the planet's um, systems, the planet's you know, um, balance, which is then why we get these earth tremors and why the planet... And you know, people are saying, oh, the, the tremors are nothing. They're just, you know, it's just the planet... You know, recuperating or whatever, but you know, Jarrell's readings determine that no, it's it's going to actually be you know the doom of of them all. Okay, so we're still in within what? We, oh yeah, yeah, yeah still within you know. what we uh, understand of you know of how the planet blew up and how nobody believes Jarrell and Zorrell's well, always been one of his you know people who has looked at Jarrell's data and thought yes, you know, he's right, but nobody else believes him, and so. Uh, but we still haven't seen Jarrell's story really as yet, so I'll, I'll be interested to see whether or not we get that within um, Superman number zero. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that we see something. Like, you know, one one thing too that I was hoping to see in Action number zero was a. Uh, you know, we really haven't seen a lot uh, with the Kents, and to me, no. they were vital part of who he becomes, and and very important. And and it was probably the the, the change that bothered me the most about the new. Uh, 52, you know, um, because, you know, Lois can always become a bigger part of his life. They can always eventually get to that relationship. Mm. But the Kent's being dead is the Kent's being dead. I mean, that's over from, from, you know, from point A, they're already gone. It's already done. So that's, that's a very extreme change, you know, to, to what we were most recently in the last 20 years or so, you know, um, and having them both be gone and then and not really referencing them all that much. And I know that they had mentioned at the beginning that they wanted to kind of show more about him being – about his alien side. Mm. So all of the parental things that we see are, are generally uh, Jor-El and, and the Krypton connection. Although I was happy to see uh, after in uh, Justice League 11 – um, seeing the Jor-El stuff with the spirits, we did yeah. get to see uh, uh, Ma and Pa Kent saying, you know, we just love, love you and we wish you didn't feel so alone. At least we saw that there was some importance to them. Exactly. It, it, a lot of times I, I get the impression that they almost want to make him s- seem like he didn't care about having Earth parents or that he didn't grow up that way or, you know, he didn't spend most of his life being Clark Kent, which would be odd. Yeah. Exactly. Well, moving away from the DC Universe proper, we had the Smallville Season 11 chapters that came out. Uh, and Somebody obviously, save uh, me. Issue number five with the print edition also came out at the beginning of September. But uh, in the current chapters, we've got uh, the Batman story continuing on. Batman's looking for Joe Chill uh, to find out how, you know, his connection with the death of his parents. And Bruno Mannheim is in jail and seems to have some connection there. So Batman tries to get information from Mannheim, but does it in such a way that it's Superman who will get the information for him because Batman pretty much confronts Superman and fights him. <laughs> he does indeed. Which I got to say interesting take. that, uh, you know, we've seen Batman and Superman fight countless times over the years. And, you know, the obvious argument always is, uh, Batman 
would be I mean, give me, a, give me a break. I mean, uh, but somehow, you know, uh, because of his popularity, you know, and because how much the creators and the writers like him almost more than everybody else all the time, Batman is always seemingly able to hold his own against pretty much any member of the Justice League. And we have that whole Doom cartoon that just came out, yeah. uh, which is based on a storyline uh, from the comics where uh, Batman is able to take on the entire Justice League and finish them off if there ever comes a time where he should have to do that. In this case, though, and I want to I preface this whole thing by saying this ain't Smallville. <laughs> and I, the reason that I say that is because I'm, I'm really kind of enjoying it. I took a long time to even start reading these because – you kind of know my stance on Smallville, and uh, I, I wasn't particularly interested in seeing a season 11. However, this guy Clark in these Smallville books is not the same Clark I watched for 10 years. You know, Clark on Smallville was was kind of stupid. Uh, didn't really figure anything out. He was a dim bulb, if you if you catch my drift. And it seems that almost every episode of this Batman thing, he's right on par with with the ability to be a detective that Batman is, which is what I've said all along in the comics. With all the senses he has and all the intelligence he has and all the knowledge he's accumulated and the ability he can read books much faster than everybody else, he can learn languages, he can understand dialects, that he should be able to figure things out. He should be able to you know, uh, find the clues that no one else can find. And here – you know him figuring things out like who Batman is and 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 you know just it just shocked me each time I saw it because I thought I was reading a continuation of Smallville whereas clearly I'm not because <laughs> he was never like that at all at all ever I can't remember one time where Clark on Smallville ever you know deduced anything fair enough you make a good point um but, uh, but I like I'm enjoying this you know, I like the layout because it's only digital, you mm-hmm. know, or, you know, it starts out as digital. It's much easier to read than the other comics digitally. And I'm, I'm kind of been reading most of my comics digitally. And it's nice the way it's kind of laid out in a widescreen format because they know that they're releasing it uh, digitally in that manner. Yeah. It's really neat. Cool. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the, uh, the Batman story finishes up. And we've got another chapter to go uh, this week, I believe, as this podcast goes to air. Um, is the the next the final well the chapter the third part of the uh, the Batman story that we'll see what happens with Bruno Mannheim, Batman and Joe Chill. So well, I uh, guess you uh, I guess I read more than uh, we were going to talk about this time. I read I read fifteen, <laughs> sixteen, and seventeen. Um, so I talked about some things that I guess aren't going to come until the next episode, from what you're saying, but. Uh, Oh no! I you might be right. I might have. I might have not. Uh, no, I thought I picked up seventeen. Yeah, yeah I had. So uh, no, you're correct. Um, but uh, I think that's what will be collected in the uh, in the chapter in the number five, number six of the printed edition. So I'm maybe just uh, having a senior moment there. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of. I mean, the other thing is there's a lot of great dialogue. Yeah. And, and you know these things like. Uh, uh, Batman says, you know, I think he likes me because he didn't throw me into space. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's just funny. Like he did with uh, with Joe, with uh, Bruno Mannheim, took him up yeah, to yeah. the edge of space. So. And when Barbara says, you know, they're right above us, and then she says, well, Superman's right above us because he had already <laughs> he dropped. dropped the the... <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I like it. It's, it's going pretty well. 
Now, the only other thing in the comic book news that I wanted to just briefly mention was the fact that we now know the new artistic team taking over from Jim Lee um, as of uh, the next issue, I believe, and that's Ivan Rice and Joe Prado, uh, the penciler and inker team taking over Justice League. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I think they're pretty good in, uh, in uh, you know, what we've seen from them. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're they're pretty professional. And they they do they they tend to do a pretty good job. So, uh, it's a little disappointing, I think. Uh, you know, because the Jim Lee, um, the Jim Lee art, I think, is something for me that's pretty hard to top. And I like it. It kind of has a stylistic look that I really like. Um, but uh, you know, these guys are are good. So yep, you know, definitely. So uh, looking forward to seeing what they bring to the Justice League comic book. Now, there's just kind of two other things we will talk about before we move on to the big questions segment, and that is the announcement that the Injustice Gods Among Us video game uh, has been announced as being released on in April 2013, so there's that to look forward to. Uh, it's a pretty violent video game. Yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, another... Mortal I guess Kombat I won't say run-of-the-mill, but I mean, it's another fighting... Yeah game kind of like the mortal Kombat dc game that came out a few years ago which i liked for a while i mean it for me these kind of get old quickly sure. unless you have like a group of friends that get together and, and each pick a character and maybe you have a little tournament so you battle each other or something along those lines uh, but if you're trying to play it by yourself and you know i mean you can only fight the same type of arena battles no matter what setting they're in so many times at least for me i'm actually surprised that that the Mortal Kombat's and the Street Fighters have have lasted so long and have have had so many incarnations and so many sequels, you know I think we're up to Mortal Kombat ten or eleven or twelve or something, you know, <laughs> and it started in the nineties and just seems because it's a very simple concept and yeah. there's not much to it. There's no story generally. I mean, there's they try to make one or whatever, but it's mostly just about bashing the crap out of each other. And, <laughs> That's fun for a short time, and yeah, then for me, I, it gets kind of old. Now, the only other thing is Justice League Alien Invasion 3D is a ride that's opening or has opened up in Australia, I believe, uh, in the uh, Movie World theme park on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Uh, I have to head up there. I, can't, I don't have any plans to head up to Queensland anytime soon, but uh, Movie World is definitely one of my favourite uh, theme parks in Australia, and I'll definitely go to check that out. Uh, at the, uh, the the earliest possible chance I get, uh, it looks like a cool 3D interactive ride involving the the Justice League, and they all seem to have their new 52 duds on. Nice, I like that. Um, <laughs> I like you know updated. I mean, it's kind of an interesting because you know most people are, from what I can tell, most fans are kind of against the new costumes and the new looks and the whole new direction and. Uh, but we do have a contingent of people that are okay with it and that are just reading to read and they're enjoying it. What I like, a lot of times what I'm surprised like I just I, I just bought a Justice League shirt the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's it's the old style uniforms and I I was kind of I kind of find it interesting that with this big push to try to make comics more accessible to people and, and more popular again that you that there wouldn't be more available merchandise more available statues clothing you know and i know some statues and some action figures are coming but i mean it's a year later it seems like somebody somebody should have maybe pushed these out sooner and, and maybe kind of got them in kids faces and got people behind this whole thing before they started or, or very early on you know mm. a lot of times it seems like 
things are backwards or that they get to stuff. You know, I don't know if you noticed that, like with Smallville magazine, it took until season four or five before issue one came out. Yeah, they seem to have a a wait-and-see approach. Yeah, I guess. So, you know, I mean, it would have been nice to kind of have that companion going along with you as you were watching the show as opposed to four years in going, oh, I remember these episodes from four years ago that they're going to talk about now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of the same thing here. I mean, the shirt was really cool that I bought, but I kind of would have liked to. And they have an available one with that original splash of the the whole group of them from Comic-Con or whatever where they first showed the new artwork. Uh, There is a shirt with that picture, that logo on it. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot. So I think it's neat that they based an entire multi-million dollar experience in an amusement park um, on the new look and the new 52. And um, and I, I, you know, I was at the Gold Coast and I went to that movie world. And I agree with you. It was one of my favorite uh, type of theme parks that I've been to. Obviously, again, being the type of people we are, the yeah. fans that we are, that would be kind of kind of modeled right for us so so exactly. i'd like to get back there but who the hell knows when that's gonna happen <laughs> well if it does we'll go up together sounds good it sounds good <laughs> it's a world away for me steve well, it's not an easy job well, it's only an hour trip by plane for me but uh it's still one of those things you got to plan ahead right all right let's move into the big questions segment of the show let's do that let's start with the big question Last month's question was, what do you think of the Superman and Wonder Woman romantic involvement? Yeah, well, uh, we had a few responses to this. Who was up first? Ed Cianti wrote, uh, Hi, Stephen Scotty. I think a romance with Wonder Woman is fine as long as it's done in good taste. After all, Superman is not just a superhero. He's the first and greatest superhero. So there's an example that has to be set for young and old alike. I mean, it's not like he's cheating. This is a new 52 right now. They're just friends, so no matter what happens... I don't think I'd want to read about a Superman that would cheat. If he did, that wouldn't be Superman now, would it? Not true. Yeah, he and Lois aren't together, so there's no dramas there for him to get together with Wonder Woman. Uh, next up, we had Samuel Moon, who wrote, Firstly, thank you for a great w- great website and podcast. Secondly, I wanted to share my thoughts on the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship. I think it makes sense. They are equals in many ways, and it's not a new concept. There have been plenty of stories about the two hooking up, including Kingdom Come, post-crisis Superman comics, and numerous Silver Age stories. Personally, I think it is good to try something a bit different, and I hope they stick with this for a while. Yeah, I think it is too, and I agree. Uh, you know, the, the, they are equals in many ways, and it does kind of make sense that, that they might uh, fall into each other in terms of uh, romance. Um, next up, we have Matt Apps, who wrote, uh, I find it interesting that uh, Superman and Wonder Woman would be put together, but it certainly isn't a new concept. The idea has been explored in previous books, like Action Comics number 600 and in Kingdom Come, just to name a few. As long as it produces interesting stories, I'm all for it. Also, if Lois can date someone else, a guy called Jonathan, no less, then Supes can date as well. Yeah, a good point. Uh, you know, we don't want to see old stories uh, just rehashed like you know obviously the Superman Lois relationship will get there eventually but it's uh, you know it's good to see new ideas explored and in a in a in a different way but it's not a new concept but it's a it's a different uh, retelling so interesting to see where they go with it uh, Argent L uh, has a pretty lengthy response and but she makes some good points so she says hi Stephen great Scotty 
Remember imaginary stories like the one where Luthor was raised by the Kents and Clark was the bad guy, or Clark was Batman and Bruce was Superman, or Superman Red was married to Lois and Superman Blue was married to Lana? I loved those stories as a kid and I had no problem with them. Now we have been presented a brand new imaginary story. It's called The New 52. And Clark has lost his shorts, but to make up for it, he's going to go out with Wonder Woman. At least that's my impression of it. In the end, what is canon and what is an imaginary story? Usually an imaginary story is one that is out of continuity, maybe a special or an annual. So in the continuity of 73 plus years of Superman, what is the new 52 but another imaginary story? Yes, I very much loved the last imaginary story that lasted about 20 years, where Clark and Lois were married and where Clark knew everything there was to know about being Superman. But I have those books. I can go back and read them again. Is this new imaginary story better or worse than the old one? I can't say. It's too soon to tell. I am looking forward to seeing Superman and Wonder Woman dating. Well, not really, but I'm still hung up on the old story, but I'll give it a chance. I hope it's well written and both characters treated with respect. Certainly, I'm intrigued to see if both characters show up in each other's books and if they will see each other in their secret identities. Once we get to the end of this imaginary story, we may be sad to see it end. In any case, it's nice to see people are just as passionate about this character as they were last September. Can only imagine what DC will throw at us next September. Bwahaha. Thanks and take care. <laughs> that was a lengthy response. <laughs> um, but well again, out, uh, many, many things that uh, make a lot of sense in there. And, uh, you know, uh, I think a number of us have been saying this kind of thing. And, and that is that, you know, it's, it's fiction. You know, exactly. none of these people are real. You know, there is no Lois and Clark. You know, they've not been married. They've not been not married. They, they, you know, they're made up. And uh, uh, to get kind of all bent out of shape about it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's going where it's going with or without you. Exactly. Uh, Alex wrote, uh, problem with Superman and Wonder Woman is that it reduces Wonder Woman to a supporting role and in some minds put Lois and Wonder Woman against each other when no one wants that. There are other love interests that are fine for Clark, but these stories reduce Diana. It's very disappointing that gimmicks like this are made into plots in what should be the biggest book DC puts out. Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree that it puts Wonder Woman um, as a secondary character. I guess it was portrayed that way in the in the headlines where it says, you know, Superman's new love interest, uh, and it's a doozy. Uh, but that was probably a poor choice by the uh, Entertainment Weekly who promoted uh, the story that way. But you know, Superman and Wonder Woman are equals in the DC universe and are equals in their relationship at this point in time. They're both involved with each other. Um, I don't think it necessarily puts Diana down at all or reduces her in any way um, within the actual story. I don't either. I mean, this is a this is kind of a jump ahead before he's read where it's going to go. Yeah. And Wonder Woman has her own book, and they're both equals in the Justice League book. So in Wonder Woman's book, she's the number one guy, and in Superman's book, he's the number one guy. So they each have their own equal amount of story, and then in Justice League, they're together. So they're sharing story, just like they're sharing it with everybody else. So, you know, depending on how the story... Yeah, obviously, if the story makes her such, then that I could agree with that. Yeah, but but so uh, as of right now, it's just two people who are super-powered, who are on a team together, and, and who contribute to that team in the same amount of ways uh, that, that have, have decided that they wanted to kiss each other and might have a further relationship beyond that. Mm-hmm. Now, Hector writes, I kind of like it. Maybe this will get Lois jealous and want to be with Superman Clark. We could only hope. Short but sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of hope not. I mean, I hate to see that 
kind of a thing. It reminds me of the 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 whole Steve Trevor thing or yeah. the whole Clark with Lana on Smallville thing. I don't I don't want I never want the person that a character is ends up with to be you know second choice to be well I'm here because you know I couldn't have somebody else or I couldn't mm. be with somebody that I really wanted to be with that always bothers me uh Roger Link wrote finally a chick he doesn't have to worry about killing every second of every day <laughs> fair <laughs> That's enough fair enough uh, Roger uh, nice thoughts there uh, Bob Moorhead writes everything old is new again sorry guys I can't get up tired about this I'm old enough to remember the 80s reboot and hints about Supes and Wonder Woman's romance back then they seem to be taking it a little farther now than they did then but I'll, it'll amount to the same they'll have their fling decide to just be friends and it'll be Supes and Lois in the end well I think that that's that's what most people are expecting and that's what most people are hoping for. Although Steve and I, as we discussed last week, we said nobody can really be sure. I mean this is the new 52. I mean we expect that there will be a lowest relationship but I mean maybe mm-hmm. there won't be. Yeah. I mean it could be 20 years from now. We could all stop reading comics before it actually gets to it again. I don't want to scare anyone you know, but I think <laughs> they're already scared. I think they're kind of already – upset about it but uh i have another response here sent to me by email if yep. uh you want john sent in other than uh, lois being dead and superman moving on with his life and wonder woman coming to console him for losing the love of his life when it happens in kingdom come otherwise i don't think superman and wonder woman should be getting together this is for all intent and purposes dcu prime now not an elseworld or an alternate universe like they were before wonder woman and superman should not be together besides they already had superman and wonder woman date according to crisis to crisis superman podcast and if I remember, it didn't work out then, so why would it work out now? Why redo something that's already been done? If DC is going to anger fans by dumping Lois for good and have Superman and Wonder Woman relationship work this time around, I find that hard to believe. Well, if he doesn't want what's been done before to be done again, then why should we have the Lois relationship either? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. All right. Well, uh, that was our big question segment. Thank you for everyone's responses. What's our new big question, Scott? Well, our new question is quite a doozy, as the media outlets would have you believe about the Wonder Woman and Superman relationship. Who would you like to see as the big bad villain in a possible Justice League movie? Yeah, with talk about a Justice League movie happening, um, who, who could be the big villain for it? Uh, obviously, they'd have to go up against somebody pretty major. There'd have to be a pretty major situation for the Justice League to come together. Uh, who would you like to see as the big bad villain for a possible Justice League movie. Get involved with the Big Questions segment by clicking on the Big Question button found at the Superman homepage. You can send your response in as an email and we will read that out, or you can record an audio answer and we will play that in our next edition of the Radio KL podcast. I think Captain Boomerang should be the big bad villain in the Justice wow. League movie. That's that's major. That's huge. Yeah, I know. How can you get past the guy who Especially, throws it? Yeah, and Russell Crowe could play captain boomerang with the aussie accent well there you go there you go it's we've done it we've written it it's Durrell, done Durrell's come Cut, back from the post, dead print done finished <laughs> yeah obviously we're going to get heaps of answers like dark side or you know those kinds of brainiac who knows well let's let's leave it up to the fans out there to let us know who they would like to see uh, in a justice league movie all right let's move into the secret soundbite only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. 
Last month's secret soundbite came from the Superboy cartoons that were a part of the 1966 Filmation New Adventures of Superman series, specifically the Superboy meets Mighty Lad episode. Five people guessed it right, and they were Ed Cianti, Jeremy Crawford, David Riley, Bardo Sosa, and bonus points to Sammy J. Maynard for knowing the title of the episode. Yeah, congratulations to those people. And let's see if they and more people can guess where in the world of Superman this new sound comes from. Insertion booster ignition in five seconds. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the entry form at the Superman homepage to send your super secret sound bite response into us. And each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KL podcast. Exciting. The Superman song of the month is um, Superman. Well, that's kind of interesting. That's the <laughs> title. Uh, in early May, Baltimore band Hellespont, Hellespont, I guess that is, yeah, released his, that's, that way. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Do you think that they're um, inspired by this storyline in the Superman comics? I don't know. It's spelled differently. It's H-E-L-L-E-S-P-O-N-T, but uh, for all intents and purposes, it's Hellespont. Yeah, so their song entitled Superman is available on their website at Hellspawn, H-E-L-L-E-S-P-O-N-T dot bandcamp dot com. Their music is described as alternative, progressive, psychedelic dance pop rock. <laughs> Thanks to band member Alexander for sharing his song with us. And uh, I guess uh, here it is.
Well, that's the show for another month. What did you think of Superman, Scotty? Well, the song. Uh, it was definitely alternative, progressive, psychedelic <laughs> dance pop rock. If I had to say, if I had to put my finger on what that sounded like to me, that's what it would be. Yeah, definitely. Well done. Uh, goodie there. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I consider myself a music connoisseur. Very good. Well, that's the show, as I said. Uh, once again, if there's a, a topic out there you'd like us to, to discuss, maybe there's a song you'd like to send in to us or you'd like to request, or maybe there's a big question you'd like us to put to the fans, all those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage, or you can email us. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com. Scotty's is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. You can send us your suggestions or your uh, feedback on the podcast, and we will definitely take those into consideration. But for now, that's the show. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. And remember, everyone, if you're about to face off against Darkseid, you probably shouldn't be dressed in a cat suit. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. <laughs>